0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: All right. Welcome, everyone, as we get ready for Sharks hockey. Live pregame coverage starts at 6.30, game time 7, right here on the Sharks Audio Network. is Dan Rusanowski and Brett Hedekin will bring you tonight's match from Anaheim against the Ducks, where the Sharks, I hope, I hope, of all hopes, that they will have a little bit of revenge on their mind because they've played the Ducks twice in their own house this year and they've lost. The most recent one being a game in which they were up 4-2 with five minutes remaining only to concede two goals and then lose in a shootout in what was one of the more demoralizing losses of the year. And one of the things that we heard from head coach David Quinn earlier this morning when he spoke with the media is that effort has not been an issue for the San Jose Sharks this year. And I 100% agree. Effort has not been the issue for the Sharks this year. The issue has been the turnovers. The issue has been the problematic play in their own end, especially when even if they're not making a dangerous pass, it feels like they're trying to do too much, which can then put another player in a bad position in the neutral zone and then just lead to them giving up the puck once again. The Sharks simply need to... It feels like ratchet it down a notch. And I don't know how you do that while still maintaining the intensity that they have shown. Because I love the intensity that they've shown. I love the way that they have played intense, all-out, to-the-wall style competition. But at the same time, maybe they do need to figure out how to dial it back a little bit so that they can be more composed. So they can be just a little bit more controlled in the dire moments of which they have made some critical mistakes up to this point of the year. And I wonder if one factor getting into tonight's game will impact that. And that is Tu McIniemy is making his first ever NHL start. We did see him come on in the third period the other night, and the Sharks played very well around him, not letting too much uh, get close to him. But you know what? I want to see exactly what he can do with a sound defense around him and see how the Sharks respond and not want to put a young goalie in a bad situation. I, I think of that as being very much a priority and very much something that the team needs to focus on. Like they need to play well around a player that does not have Tons of experience and I wonder if this is a a card being played by David Quinn to see if the Sharks will kind of settle a little bit more as they do go into this game against the Ducks and look for a better performance than they had the previous two times. You know, how do they play compared to how the last two times they played the Ducks and also how do they play compared to what we have seen most recently from the Sharks themselves because we have not been exactly enamored or in love with the way that they have played as of late. To get into everything surrounding the San Jose Sharks right now, we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by Curtis Pashelka, who of course covers the Sharks for the Bay Area News Group. Curtis, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Doing well, Ted. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I wanted to come out with a uh, difficult question. I don't know if it'll be difficult for you to answer, but uh, maybe not all uh, Sharks fans want to hear it. If you were to compare Aiden Hill and Kapo Kakinen right now, would you say the Sharks made a mistake, or do you think that that is not an apples to apples comparison, given the talent that surrounds both of those goalies on the ice at any given time?
0: Yeah, it, it's tough to say. I think you know Aiden Hill. We didn't see him a whole lot over the last last half of last season, so um, tough to sort of remember what that was like. But I think I think he played. Aiden Hill played pretty well. Uh, for a lot of times, uh, when the when he was you know with the sharks over, you know he had some down moments too. But I think mostly he was he was pretty good. Capo is just uh, you know he's still finding his way, and so I think if you're going to compare the two through the first half, uh, you know for one half of one season, uh, you'd have to say Aiden Hill was slightly the better goaltender. But you also have to remember too that you know the sharks were just a little bit playing a little bit different style. And, mm-hmm. you know, we I, we talked to Cople yesterday about this. And I asked him the question, is it just, it's just different from what he's used to when he was with Minnesota. Minnesota was a little bit more structured team, um, you know, played, you know, was, was a little bit more careful with the puck. It seems like, you know, just didn't have these puck management issues that the Sharks, you know, routinely have had and uh, over the course of the season. And so he just said, yeah, it's just different. It's just a different system. It's still getting. I'm still getting used to it. Um, you know, it's. It's. So I, I think you know. From from from, when you look at the big picture. Capo's. You know, he hasn't had the season he's wanted to so far, um, but he hasn't forgotten how to play the position. I think. I think. I think the, the skaters in front of him too have to have to be a little bit better. And I think last year, uh, he was just getting used to it, and he's still getting used to the new coaching staff and what the expectations are uh, of him from them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it's, there's a desire to try and want to say one thing was right versus one thing not being right. But I mean, there's so much time and so many other things that play into that. But I I do wonder, though, your, your thoughts about David Quinn's decision to start Mac and Yemi tonight. As opposed to trying to allow Capo to reestablish his game after what was, I didn't think he was certainly the, the he wasn't perfect the other night, but there were some bad moves made in front of him that did not put him in a great position. And we can say that of pretty much every Sharks loss this year. Um, but I, I was, I'll admit, surprised that they're going to start Etou uh, Mac and Yemi tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised too uh to some degree. I mean I did I talked to got you know E2 2 kind of tipped me off last yesterday afternoon. I went up to him I said, you know, have the coaches uh told you you're you in tomorrow and he said, Yeah, I, I you know, it, it wasn't one hundred percent, but all the things that he was saying was indicating that he was gonna play tonight or play uh, Friday night. And uh so I was like, okay, well that's just So I just still had to confirm that with with Quinn and David said, you know what, uh, we're still making that decision and haven't finalized it yet. But you know, I think it is. It is a bit of a surprise. I think, you know, it is, it's because okay, you want to get you want to get the young guy a look because chances are, you know, he's not going to be ve- be here for for too too much longer. Um, at least that's what we think anyway. Mm-hmm. That you know, he's not going to be here for too too much longer. James Reimer is going to get healthy, and they're going to send a two down uh, to get some more work in the American League. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's it's also a situation where you know you've got to get. You've got to get Kapo Kachanen right in one way or another before mm-hmm. the end of the season. He's the only goalie with you know extensive NHL experience on on this roster or in the organization for that matter. Uh, you know Dell and, and Reimer are both pending UFA's, um, and we don't know if you know we we assume Rymer might you might be traded at the deadline or, or go to another team in the off season. Until you know we don't know about his future here either, so so they got to get comfortable right in, in my opinion just to give him some confidence and you know if, if it's not tonight maybe it's another soft landing spot potentially against Arizona next week um but you got to you know just get get him comfortable again get him some confidence let him let him continue to work on the things that the coaching staff has has wants him to work on you know Quinn mentioned that yesterday where we're asking him to do some things you know uh, a little bit differently, you know. Mm-hmm. incorporate some things into his game, and ask, I asked him, "Is you know, anything specific?" and and Quinn wouldn't elaborate too much about that. So I think, I think you know, you want to get, uh, you know, it. It maybe takes a little bit of time for for Capo to to get those things in order, and for for the skaters in front of him to 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 you know adjust the Quinn system
1: too. To the idea of wanting to get a look at Mac and Yemi, how far away do you think we are before we start seeing more? members of the Barracuda younger prospects in the shark system coming up because we haven't seen as many as I thought we would. And certainly it's very different compared to a year ago, but I just wonder is today marks game 30 and we are looking ahead at what is going to be probably a rough ride from here on out for the sharks. And I would imagine that there are going to be some moves made. Like what, when do you think those, um, you know, those strings start getting pulled? Well,
0: I think, you know, uh, you would think it would be closer to the trade deadline, you know, when um, when some, some of the pending UFAs start to get, uh, you know, maybe start to get moved out. You know, you look at, you know, Matt Nieto, um, you know, assuming he gets healthy here pretty soon. We'll, we'll likely be a trade target. You know, James Reimer, we talked about him. He could be a guy on the move too. Maybe a Nick Benino as well if, if a team is looking for a depth, depth forward it's with experience, you know, guys want us to stay on the Cups. So, um those those guys once they, if they're on the move then i think that's the the logical time to sort of maybe bring up um uh, some of the players to barracuda just for a look not necessarily for the rest of the to finish out the season but just get them a look get them on a rotating type basis kind of situation so not only an Eklund or Borlow and and uh you know those type of players get a look but maybe you also want to get a second look at a guy like uh Kind of like Scott Reedy or, or Ryan Merkley too, uh, those type of players who you want to maybe see where they're at in their development um, going going forward here. So I think that's that's more of a second half of the season thing. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but yeah, you know, more in the se- more towards the second half of the season as we get into February into March.
1: Do you think then that we will see Eckland and Bordalo this year? Or do you think there's still a desire to protect them to maybe keep them away from you know just kind of getting I won't say beat up on, but you know, in a situation where they're not going to do a lot of winning. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but, you know, I,
0: I, I, I can see that too. But, you know, they, they both have played in the NHL before. It's not that you're, you're dropping them in there uh, without any sort of prior knowledge as, as to what to expect. I think they can they can come up and and get a little bit more experience. And, and you know, like I said, just you don't necessarily have to keep them up here for the final 15, 20 games of the season. You know, you can, you can bring them up for a few games, send him back down and then bring up another forward or another D man to, to get that sort of same look. And, um, you know, I think, I think I think the sharks want to get a gauge of, of uh, where those guys stand towards, uh, you know, after uh, they played half a season or 50 games in the American league and, and uh, what they can expect maybe kind of going forward as they try to reshape their roster for, for next year.
1: Another issue for the sharks that we have, Consistently seen since game one are these turnovers. The sometimes it is the east-west passing. A couple of games we, ago, we saw uh Benning from behind the net, head down, throwing into the slot, which led to a goal. Is it surprising to you that that has not been more eliminated from their game? Like, what I always wonder about this when it's so easily identifiable for someone as myself, who is not a coach. Clearly, like I, I'm, it, I'm not. Questioning David Quinn, I'm just wondering, how is that message not being delivered or being absorbed by the players? Because you see these same mistakes being made over and over and over again.
0: Right, right. Well, everybody's, you know, they David talked to us a little bit about this yesterday. It's like everybody wants to create offense on every mm-hmm. given play, whether it's a rush, whether it's, you know, battling for the pocket low neutral zone. And he said, you know, there's there's just times where there isn't a play to be made um you know where the, the best play is just to eat it or just to you know if you're in the defensive zone just chip it or, or flip it into the in the other end you know without obviously take trying to take an icing there but just flip it any other end and, and and try to live another day and um he says that's the root cause of a lot of the problems that the sharks have made and, and why that message has been <laughs> hasn't been hasn't gotten across yet uh is anybody's guess. I think you know the sharks want to do the right thing. I think they have a group of forwards and defensemen who are who are generally have played responsible throughout their careers. But you know, maybe you get into a mindset of you know if it's an up and down game, a speed game that you want to try to create as much offense as possible. Uh, everybody's got the green lights, but you know there are times when discretion uh, is the better part of valor. I think this, yeah, for some reason mm-hmm. this, this group is still is still learning that lesson why that? uh why it hasn't why it hasn't clicked so far I don't know. Uh, yeah. maybe start to start some bench some guys here who uh to get that really message across not just not just the, the typical guys who have who've um you know are in and out of the lineup but maybe some some more experienced players to to help uh uh get that message across I and mean, we saw Kevin Lebank got benched uh you know for 12 minutes and and mm-hmm. David Quinn thought that LeBanc played a lot better uh in the third period after that happens, so maybe that happens to happen a little bit more often if not benching just guys uh guys sitting out, sitting out for a night
1: yeah but I mean it's not just a, a Kevin LeBanc I mean you have your star player that's not Eric Carlson and Tomas Hurdle you know he made that terrible pass against Toronto and obviously you know that Quinn acknowledged that with great players there is some inherent risk but you would like to think that that's just not a play that Tomas Hertl, who is a cornerstone of your franchise, that that's not a play that he's going to make.
0: No, no, yeah, especially like at, in the neutral zone like that, where you've got such a dangerous counter team, like you're playing a Toronto or whoever it might be. Um, you know, that's just a play that you know he thought he thought Timo Meyer was right beside him, uh, uncovered. He wasn't, and uh, you know, a few seconds later, it's in the back here your nets and you know, we saw yet another example in, in in the Buffalo game. You know, Luke Cunningham's trying to make a cross ice pass. Mm-hmm. Once he gets the once he gets the puck over the blue line, over to Roddy Simico, all the way on the other side of the ice. Well, it's an easy play for the defenseman, uh, for the Sabres defenseman, just to just to poke that puck away over to Jeff Skinner, who cruises into the <laughs> cruises into the Shark zone, watches Nick Cset cross crash into Aaron Dell in the net. And uh, and put it in, uh, put it in the empty net there for pretty much a game-changing play there. So yeah, I mean, just these little moments, There's just you you don't expect guys to make, but you know, I think they're 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 in a situation. Oh, we're we're six seven games under under hockey five hundred. We got to make moves. We got to press, and uh, that's just not the, the, why this team hasn't learned that lesson or why they still continue to think that way. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Before the season began and when Mike Greer was hired, he said that we might have to take a step back to take a step forward. Is that what you think we're witnessing right now? Or is it, is that too simple of a term to look at it through?
0: Well, I, you know, I am curious of what this next off season is going to look like for the Sharks. You know, all things considered, they should wind up with a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty good draft pick, maybe a top three. Guy, hey, tell you know, that but... to the
1: A's, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know, right? First record in the bigs and they finished. the A's pick pick six. So that's,
1: yeah. <laughs> you never know.
0: I think the NHL is a little more guarded wherever, you know, if the Sharks are, you know, are in uh the, they can only fall two spots. I think with the new draft rules, if I'm not mistaken, Um they can also fall a maximum of two spots. So even if they finish with the, second or third worst record in the league this year. They'll those they've yeah. probably anyway. <laughs> but you know you you do you do you make that pick and um you you we'll see what what else uh the GM has in store because I you know I don't think he envisions a necessarily a really long rebuild. Um at least that's not what he uh invit or what he what he thought he wanted to do he you know when he first got hired and I don't think that's what Hassel wants either is, is this you know another three four years of pain uh, before you start to see some results and um you know what what happens with Timo Meyer what happens with Eric Carlson as far as their futures with the organization go and if they make those type of trades what are you getting in return and where does that leave you as an organization going forward so um you know I don't know you know I want, it it seemed at that time when when Mike Greer said those said that, that it was going to be maybe one year, maybe two um, before things started to turn around. I I don't think he, I don't think he sees uh, this being a three or four year type thing, but maybe his opinion has changed uh, over the last uh, little while. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to Mike uh, over the next few weeks and and get a clear understanding of what he sees as uh, the future of this team.
1: And then just as a final one for you, the, matchup tonight here against Anaheim the Sharks uh, I mean I was surprised that they had such difficulty with them when they played earlier in the season in retrospect I probably should not have been granted blowing a 4-2 lead with five minutes left to go and losing a shootout I could not have predicted that one but what what are you expecting out of this game tonight
0: well it's interesting you know I mean the last time you know you mentioned the last time the Sharks played the Ducks you know um, you know the Ducks were then where they are now last place in the division and maybe the sharks took them a little bit too lightly. And, you know, I remember Quinn saying, (laughs) well, after one game or after uh, the next day, it's like, well, who the heck are we to (laughs) to think that we're so much better than this team, you know, to come in with maybe that, not not that fire and brimstone that we needed to, to get, uh, to, to to take control of of a game. So I am kind of curious to see, how the sharks uh, approached uh, approach tonight at least the, you know those first 10 minutes those first few shifts um you know are they making the same mistakes that they did uh in prior games or um, you know are they playing a little bit more structure with a little bit more structure um, not making those same type of mistakes and getting good goaltending too you know I to a2 machkinami's Still a huge question mark. What what's he gonna look like? Is he gonna be nervous? Is he gonna be uh fighting the puck a little bit? We don't know. So uh interesting interesting to see how this game starts tonight and what kind of what kind of tone is, is set within the within the first period, I guess.
1: Curtis, always a pleasure. Appreciate your time, keep up the great work and I will see you at the tank soon. All right. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. Again, that is Curtis paschelka of Bay Area News Group joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. We are all out of time. Like I said earlier, be sure to join us at 6:34 for live pregame coverage here on the Sharks Audio Network as Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin get you ready for tonight's divisional clash between your San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks. And then join me tomorrow morning starting at 7 on Morning Tide as we look back at what went down. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify,
0: and on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.